you know, I, I have regrets about that, about sharing that story now. When I, when I think about it, I feel like maybe I should have not shared it because maybe my father or my mother um, wouldn't have wanted me to share it. So I, yeah, I, f- I thought that it was an interesting story to tell, but now. I do. I regret it now. I I feel like maybe I should have kept it to myself. So I think maybe I crossed the line. No one told me that I. No one has said this to me that I crossed the line. But I feel now that maybe I said too much. Some I maybe said too much about someone else's story. That was someone else's story that I was telling, and maybe it was not my place to tell that particular story about the harpsichord. What was that process of of writing that that book like? Of really telling or revealing some things about yourself that in a way that that you hadn't really before I don't know it's it feels like a million years ago and it and it took me a really long time to write it and initially it started as just a tour diary and it was I took very detailed notes on the tour thinking that I would make it into a book and that was my that was my plan just the tour diary and then when I um, found a publisher. My editor there wanted me to try weaving in these stories from my past and my career. And so that's when I started to think of all of the things that I could talk about. And I don't know, now I just think like maybe my initial idea was was the better idea and maybe the purity of the tour diary would have been a better idea and I, I do I have mixed feelings about how how the book shaped up to be what it is and I think maybe I did say too much it, it's kind of a cliche but but probably a cliche for a reason do you find your own songwriting to be kind of a a form of therapy, of a way of channeling and dealing with some of these more complex personal issues? I think songwriting's a way for me to try and figure out what's going on inside of me because I'm not really in touch with my feelings. Like, I, I, don't, I don't understand feelings or I, I don't deal with feelings very well. I, I'm not comfortable having having them I just I have a hard time I have a hard time with processing I'm using the language of of the modern language I have a hard time processing things and I think I I write songs to try and figure out what's what's going on inside of me because I don't understand my how I I deal emotionally I'm a little bit blocked and I and my emotions come out in physical ways. It's a, it's a strange. I don't know how to deal with feelings, so I get strange aches and pains and ringings in my ears and things like that. And songwriting helps me to get just to work through things, get things out, um, things that I need to think about. I learn what I'm feeling by writing songs. I spoke to Crick Finn of the whole city, and, and he essentially told me that. Um he kind of starts to realize what he's writing about when he has a collection of songs, when he sort of, when he can identify a bit of a through line between all of the things that he's been working on. At what point in the process for you, or is it clear what you're writing about? 
sometimes it's not until years later that I understand what I've written about. And now now I can go back and listen to an old album and finally understand it for the first time. And I can really see where my head was at. Sometimes it's embarrassing, but sometimes it's also like, wow, I was really like, I really nailed that. Like I, I really um, explained that really well. And now I understand it. So, but then there are other times that, like where I'll write an album like a Pussycat was a few years ago. And like, I think I, it was written around 2016 and, and I, and it was pretty clear what was going on, what I was thinking about. I was thinking about the presidential election, all the stuff leading up to the election and, that was on my mind and that was that's what that album is about so that one was pretty that one was really really clear to me it wasn't so much about my buried emotions it was more about my on the surface emotions my disgust and my anger and my frustration and my confusion how much of this latest album then is in a sense a COVID album oh I don't know I think it's more like it's more a reflection of the past four years and rather than just the last year, I think it's more, it's a, it's my feelings about the four years we just lived through. And then they also, yeah, but culminating in the last awful, horrible year it has been in many ways. Yeah. When, when it's something like that, when it's something that's just so clearly tied to something very specific, especially, you know, in this case, a a world's event, a, a political event. Do you have to go out of your way to make the subject matter a little less specific on record? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it, I, I try to do that. I try not to be too specific because I don't want the songs to be dated in a year or two. You know, I want them to still work um, five years from now. Um, there are times that I have been really specific with names, like on the on the Pussycat album, I, I named a couple of names, but I still think they they work because there are there are a lot of um girls' names in songs that you know you can you can throw a name out there here and there if a girl's first name. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm rationalizing. Maybe I shouldn't have been that specific in those instances, but. Yeah, but in general, I do try to be a little bit vague or not too specific so that the songs can continue to have meaning even when the current events aren't current anymore or when they become new current events. In the past year specifically, you know, I found that when I get to a point where I'm depressed, which I think is probably (laughs) the case for a lot of us over the past four years, but more specifically the past year that I, that I find, I find it difficult to, to be productive. You know, I find it difficult often to like find the, the motivation to, to sit down and, and write and work on something when all this stuff is happening. How does it, how does it affect your creativity? I just keep going. I find inspiration in everything. I, I just, keep holding on to that um the 
creative impulse. I still have it, and I and I just I'm just holding on to it because I I know that it could disappear at some point. I I've just come to terms with the fact that that this is what I do. I I I make music and I um I write songs and I'm still compelled to do it and so I can find for me I don't need a reason to do it I don't I I just do it it's just what I do that's what my that's what my life is that's one of the things that I do so I keep doing it because it's fulfilling for me and and luckily I still have people that want to listen you know people who care to listen and so I feel like it's like a an ongoing communication that I'm having with people that I can't see, people not that are not in the room with me, but um, I do feel like it's kind of communication that I'm continuing over the years. I think this is a pretty universal concern amongst people who do creative things for a living, you know. But it sounds like there's like at least some fear that that someday it, it won't come as easily. I, I, has it been pretty consistent over the course of, of your career? I mean, has the um, has songwriting been, have you had blocks? Have there been periods of time where the music didn't come easily? Sometimes I think that I've said everything I could ever say in, in my, in songs, you know, like I, I do have moments after I finished, finished an album, I think, wow, I've, I have nothing left to say. I've, I've said it all. I never, I can't imagine ever writing a song again because I have nothing left to say. And But then, you know, I deal with that, and then I deal with that for a while, that idea. I think about, wow, what else? What well, Now what am I going to do? But then songs will start coming to me again. I'll, I'll feel that compulsion to write it again, and it just keeps happening. I mean, I keep – I work at it, but – it is it is work it's not like i it's not like i sit down and i'm just given these songs don't just come to me like gifts from god i do have to sit down and slog through putting stuff together but but yeah i'm i feel really fortunate that i do not have i have not had any real kind of writer's block it's more like if i feel that i have nothing to say then i'll make an album of cover songs you know I still feel I still feel the music in me even if it's someone else's music I can still sing other people's songs but then but then songs just I keep writing them so I feel lucky and I just try to make the most of it until it goes away because I know I realize that you know I I know people who can't write anymore they just don't they they can't focus or they don't have the need anymore and um that has not happened to me yet so we'll see if i can hold on to this do you find that there's any correlation between the end quality of the song and the the effort that went into writing it no i i think some songs happen fairly quickly and some some songs take forever it seems like forever and it's just like some songs are a real pain in the ass to finish or to just figure out they're like these huge 
huge intricate puzzles that don't want to be solved and then yeah like it it happens all in different ways it's there's no real um i don't think there's any thing that i could um say is standard really how much ultimately do you end up having to to treat it like a job you know do you have to set aside hours in the day where you obviously you don't have a problem none of us have a problem locking ourselves in in our room these days but do, do you find that you have to have very kind of clear constraints about when you're sitting down and and working on songwriting and perhaps setting aside a a certain number of hours per day to work at it no i'm not that strict about rules i have a lot of um what's that what's that word oh my god my brain isn't working i um self-discipline yeah i have a lot of self-discipline and I also like, I like rituals. So I have those things going for me. So I, I have, it, it, it's, um, it makes sense for me to c- kind of like set aside certain parts of the day for certain tasks. And that's what I do. It's, but it's not rigid. It's not like I have to sit down at 10 a.m. and write for three hours. It's much more casual than that. So, but I do have to, I make an effort to do, to keep working. I do make an effort because I could turn in, I could see myself turning into a couch potato and just watching TV and just sinking into the couch and dissolving into a puddle. So I do have to make some kind of effort to not be just destroyed by inertia, but it's not. It's not that hard for me to make the effort. What are your songwriting rituals? Uh, oh, by rituals, I really meant just like I read in the morning and then I I write at night or I'll like practice in the afternoon, practice, you know, it's, or I, that's, there's, I'm not using like very good specific examples, but it's more just like, I mean, certain times of the day I do certain things that's all like certain there's like blocks of time that I do certain things parts of the day when I eat certain things and I it's like a it's like a there's like a structure to my days and nights but it's a casual structure and it's not something that I'm really rigid about it's more like fluid but it but but there is a structure a fluid structure. Does that make sense? That probably doesn't make any sense. It does. I mean, obviously, you're not going into an office for, for eight hours a day. But do you find that you're a better writer at certain times of day? Yeah, there are cer- certain things that I feel better suited to at different times of the day. It's like the circadian rhythm, rhythms or whatever they are. Yeah, for sure. I I'm, I gravitate to certain tasks at certain at different at different parts of the day and night when the songwriting is the best for you at what point of day it's not early in the day i'm usually not working on songs in the morning i would say not in the morning you alluded earlier to the fact that the covers albums are kind of an opportunity for you to you know still be productive and still be creative during those times when you know, you're not when I guess the 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 songwriting isn't really flowing. Was that part of the genesis between behind the um, Olivia Newton John and, and Police Records? Maybe, pro- probably. I can't remember. I mean, 
I don't know if it was just my burning desire to to record those Olivia Newton-John songs only, or if it was also that I had no ideas of my own. I, I can't really remember. It was probably a combination of the two things. You know, once you're actually sitting down to record the songs, um, how is that process different from doing your own batch of music? Is it is it something that you have to approach completely differently? Uh, well, it's um, no, it's like it's similar to doing my own songs, but it, it can become more like math, like a math problem sometimes. With with some some of those songs, the Olivia Newton John songs, there were some. Um, some of them had a lot of chords and the songs would shift into different modes. And it was, it was a little bit, it was challenging um, just learning and remembering all the chords and the structures and then all the parts, you know, I was, I spent a lot of time listening to her arrangements and there's a lot going on. And I was, I was, you know, um, learning, string parts multiple string parts and then transposing them onto keyboards and um just like you know melodic string parts and then chordal string parts and lots and lots was going on and my my brain was really getting inside the songs and it was like taking apart it was like engineering or something and then it was like math so in that way it was a lot more complicated than it feels when I'm recording my own songs because with my own songs, I already kind of, kind of know what's going on, but I had to really go deep inside of Olivia's songs to figure them out. And then singing her songs was probably a little more challenging than singing my own songs. Cause, cause she has a better voice than I do. I mean, quote unquote better. She's, she's, she has more of like a, a, a stronger instrument than I do just technically so for me it was again it was like well singing her songs was a little bit like doing a sport and um so physically I had to just be really concentrating and using the right muscles and and um I had to have endurance so it was it was tough it was challenging those two artists are at least musically fairly different than I think we're accustomed to hearing from you. Was that, was that part of the process in deciding who to cover? And, and, and do you think that approaching music that is so different from yours in a lot of ways has had a definite impact on the songwriting you've been doing since? I, I don't feel like I've been influenced by, I don't think my songwriting has been influenced by recording police songs or Olivia Newton-John songs. I think, I think I just have a knack for writing my songs. And I, I feel like I I was kind of just born with my songs and there, I mean, the knack that I have for writing my songs, the way I write them, it's just, it's just part of who I am. And for better or for worse, I can't change it. It's just, it's just what comes out of me. My songs just happen. But the reason I chose to record Olivia and John songs and police songs, it was simply those were two things that I loved so much when I was growing up. I, and two artists that 
gave me a lot of comfort and joy. And going back and listening to them, I realized that they still give me a lot of comfort and comfort and joy. And that was the basically the reason I wanted to get inside those songs. I it was it was an I guess it was kind of an escape. It's just getting away from myself and getting into something that was a really pleasurable and important positive force in my life and still still feels really good to sing and play those songs. In those two cases you did pick obscure artists, you know, you pick these these huge stars who have uh, who ha- have had in both cases quite a few really big hits and and I, I I do know people who have sort of shied away from covering songs because they're so they're so big and and iconic. Is that is it intimidating covering a song that essentially ostensibly everybody knows? I it should have been intimidating, but it it was not for me. It just to me it made sense. It I, I it just made sense because I felt such singing along to Olivia and John and and to the just to the police. It for me it's such um I feel such an affinity for those melodies, especially with the police. The way Sting song that's hard to say the way sting sung sting stung sing stung the way sting oh my god no, i can't say it the way sting sang in the police felt it's it feels so natural to me my my voice is kind of in the same range and the way he phrases things the way he phrased things in the police made so much sense to me just on a visceral physical level it it's like singing along to those songs is like second nature to me just it's like something that I know so well I don't even have to think about it so it's just like I didn't really think about the fact that these were big hits and how was I going to deal with that you know how was I gonna it was more like oh these songs were these songs are great I want to sing them and play them that's all you know and it's it's it was really that simple if I like a song, and I feel like I can bring something of me to it and give it a little bit of a new flavor, which is the flavor of me, and mix that in, it's a it's something that um it just makes me happy if I can if I can put myself into someone else's song and make it feel organic organically part part me or part mine because you know when you love when you love someone else's song it feels like part of you it feels like you're in love with with something and and that love is so personal and you feel like you you have some kind of like connection so when I'm recording someone else's song a song that I love I feel like I'm I feel like part of myself is already in the song because already in the song because because of that love. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's not like I'm. It's not like I have to pretend or to front or like put put something over on someone. It's not like I'm trying to sell the song. It's it's more like I'm just trying to 
embody it or to inject it with my love. When I was younger, I think I, I first sort of came across your music um, on some of those compilations on on some covers you you had done um you know obviously when you're doing a compilation for for somebody else it's different than really being able to choose the the subject matter so i I assume that 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 was a big part of the process for these two specific artists is that there would be enough in each of their catalogs that you would be able to do a full album full of songs and still feel that personal connection with every single track well yeah like i i chose artists that I had a a long history in my life and I, you know, artists, artists who had, who had multiple albums that I knew really well and, and loved and who still had that pull for me. And that artists who, have, who still um, gave me pleasure to listen to. So yeah, it was just, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have done a whole album of songs by someone who, I, I didn't love a lot of their music, you know. Whenever somebody covers a song, the first thing I think people jump on is is how loyal it is or isn't to the source material. You know, in a lot of cases, I think a lot of artists would go out of their way to make it sound completely different, but. Do you feel that there, when when you were sitting down to record these, that there was kind of a tug of war uh, between how much you wanted to make them sound like the originals and how much you wanted them to sound like a Juliana Hatfield song? No, it's not like that for me. I don't try to, I don't try to um, bend the songs c- to conform to my will. It's it's a much more organic and it's a, it's an organic process it's not even a process it's just more like a it's like um it's hard to explain but it's like i when i feel an affinity for a song i just take it into my hands i just kind of like get get up next to it and then i start getting my hands into it and i start I get inside of it a little bit and then it starts to feel like it's, it starts to feel like, oh my gosh, I'm really not explaining this. It's all, I'm trying to say that it's a very, it's a very organic. It's not until it's not an intellectual figuring out like, how am I going to make this song different? It's like, it's more like I, I learn the chords and I start playing it and singing it and the song tells me what it wants me to do with it. It tells me how much or how little to alter it. And it's really that simple and that natural for me. I I don't want to make something weird just to make it weird. I don't want that kind of attention just for being, just for changing a song or changing the style. It's it's. I don't think about style. I just do what the song seems to want me to do with it. It's kind of like I, I I try to respect the song and the, and the original artist, and so some of the songs like "Hopelessly Devoted to You" was pretty pretty similar in the approach, pretty similar to the original in the approach. I did not do a radical 
rearrangement or anything to that one. But then certain other songs like Physical, I did more a more, it seemed to me that it wanted to be more of a rock song and more serious. Like it was more, I took a very serious approach to that one and, and brought out the, a different side of the song. But it was, to me, it was not a joke. It was like I was seriously approaching it from a different angle that made sense to me. Do you get a sense that because the recording process, or at least the sort of the songwriting process, the early, the sketching process was so different with this record due to all of the limitations of COVID, did that in and of itself have an impact on the end result? Um. Yeah, this record, yeah, because I was just figuring out how to record onto my, into my laptop for the first time um, since, you know, when everything shut down, the studio shut down, I had, I, I wanted to keep on writing and recording. So I had this friend in Connecticut help me to figure out GarageBand. He was like, he, he was, um, he was tr- helping me troubleshoot whenever I would have problems. And, and then he ended up helping me, put some songs together. His name's Jed Davis and he helped with some of the, like I would, in the beginning, I would, when we were, I was figuring out GarageBand and he would ask me, I would send him little snippets of things I had recorded into my, um, like a phone, or my, my, my camera, my iPad or whatever. I would just like, like riffs or chord progressions and I would send them to him and then he would, mess around with them and some of that stuff ended up being songs that we've i fleshed out for the album and some of them i did more were more self-contained and i did you know them myself but he he definitely worked up some song arrangements from little chunks little bits of music that i would send him and then we we built upon the built upon that stuff I mean, in a sense, there are things that had you done this through your more traditional process, because that's, there's so many, they wouldn't have happened. They just wouldn't have ended up on the album. Yeah. they Some of the stuff, it wouldn't have even happened. Like, because I just had not fleshed out songs. They were, they were just like bits and little bits and pieces that I, that I thought were nothing, but I would send to him because he asked me to send him anything that I didn't, that I wasn't working on. So I would send him like this, there's a song chunks and it was, that was built from guitar noise. I I played a little riff on electric guitar and, but, and then there was this really cool, like cool chunky noise between the chords. And he took that chunky noise between the actual chords of the riff. And he built this, he built something out of that because I told him, oh, I love that chunky sound. And he made a whole like arrangement out of it. And then I built the song on top of that. So it was a song built on a noise, really guitar noise. Do you feel that because of that, that, that there are sort of just different directions that you were able to be sort of a little like weirder or, you know, maybe kind of move outside of your standard comfort zone because the process was so different? Yeah, definitely. There's stuff that Jed built up with drum programming and stuff that I would never have done on my own and, or I didn't, 
I didn't have the focus or the energy to make whole songs out of what I thought were just stupid little riffs, but he was able to see something in these little scraps and that I didn't see, you know, he, I was writing other songs with other bits of music, but he, he was able to find things in scraps that I thought were just garbage. So, so yeah, that was, I think it was good. It worked out well. And he, he definitely works in ways that I, that are different from the way that I work. Like I don't usually, I don't ever program drums. I, I just use drum, a dumb drum machine. And then I add real drums on top, but he has, he has a different way of approaching things. Do you think that this will have an impact on your process going forward? No, like I said before, I kind of have a thing that I do and I've always done it. And it's like just the way I have a way that I work and I don't, I don't see that really changing. I, I've always been, I've always been this way and I, I don't think I'm going to change at this point, really. I'm, I'm open. I'm obviously open to working with other people, but I always end up back at this place. My aesthetic is, has really asserted itself. It's kind of a sloppy aesthetic, but it's like a sloppy, melodic aesthetic, and it's just who I am, I think. 